From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, enjoying the success or pushing for more and a high nooner in Death Valley. Let's go. Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's in Tallahassee, Florida, 2475 Appalachia Parkway. You can also visit it at cptallybar.com. Not the same experience, but you can place your order beforehand if you want to be efficient on the in and out because that's the kind of operation they run they'll get you in and out but you should hang out for their lunch specials weekdays 11 a.m to 3 p.m but on tuesdays it's all day long it's taco tuesday beef or chicken hard shell soft shell all this soft shell sounds weird because if the shell really shouldn't be soft just soft tortillas you know how it goes everybody Uh, at the corner pocket bar and grill all day today and then seven o'clock trivia night get out there win some money compete with the greatest minds in greater Leon County. Warchant.com, your ultimate seminal sports source at the thumbs up. Five-star rating and review, please. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Corey Clark, will you be at Trivia Night later tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah. Going to uh, gonna try to uh, get back to the winner's circle. It's been a minute, not because we haven't played well. It's just I haven't, we haven't been at Trivia in a, in a minute. So uh, hopefully we can get back to the winner's circle, buddy. Yeah, you know, the Labor Day game and being on the road kind of threw mm. a wrench into the plans. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, now all the kids are back at my gym. Terrible, oh. terrible on Monday at the gym. Just just nonsense galore. I don't know. I, I don't even know if they have their gym membership at the Leach Center included anymore because it was an absurd amount of kids. It's just like, what are you all doing You're saying here? kids. You're talking about college age College kids? students, yeah. Yeah, like, what are you all doing in my gym? Get out of here. What's the problem? Were they being uh, uh, obnoxious? Yeah, man, like just flexing in the gym, standing two inches next to the uh, dumbbell rack, flexing. Uh, like I'm trying to get my dumbbells. They're they're in my little stretch spot because I'm an old man. I got to warm up my limbs. Right. Um, I just, you know, like, again, when I was in college, man, going more than three-fourths of a mile outside the university core was like, I'm not doing that. That's a hike. And, like, I'm in Midtown or whatever. Like, I'm three, four miles away from campus. I can't believe people drive to where they drive to go to the gym when it's like they have one for free. It's in your student activity fees. Right. Uh, they'll stop being the old man. Uh, you should have told them that. I know. I should have. People supporting you and your old man calls. I didn't even recognize or realize that the music was so bad at the game on Saturday, but people are tagging you in threads, uh, citing your words to other people of great import at the university. Uh, to try to get change created, Corey. So, uh, well, that's good. I'm glad I could create change. Um, next up again is do something with the stats on that big screen. Like it's crazy that, like it's just crazy to me that in 1987, I had a more, I had more of an understanding of the total. Not a more understanding. I saw as it was the scoreboard lit up every time they Sammy Smith had a 12 yard run. It would add to Florida State's rushing total, and then I could look. It's the second quarter. They have 109 yards rushing. 55 yards passing. They have 164 total yards. Look at all those little numbers. And now the stat package that they have on that huge video board is preposterous. Every time I looked up, they were showing punting stats in the second on, on second and six. 
and it's just crazy. Like, just show me, show what Jordan Travis has done. Show that what the offense, the defense allowed. Show what the offense has gained. Like, flash that up. But yes, that's a that's a whole different. That's that's more of a tiny qualm. Hmm. I think the music thing bothered a lot of people. It did. It did. Um, and it's funny because Ira at, at the press conferences on on Monday was like, "Did they play music last year?" And I'm like, "Man, they might have, but if they did, I didn't remember. I don't remember it. Like, this was the first time I remember being like." This is crazy. Like y'all, whose I again? It just comes back to whose idea it was. It, to me, it feels like somebody that interned with the Miami Heat was hired by Florida State to run the game ops and decided, you know what this need? Or maybe they, maybe this is what they do in NFL games. I don't go to NFL games. That I'm sure that's probably what they do at a Falcons game or a Bucks game. Between every play, there's 10 seconds of music. But that's not college football, man. And quit trying to cram. I know it's essentially a professional sport we're covering and watching and love now, but quit trying to pr- cram college uh, pro football into a college football environment. Just let it be college football. Let it breathe a little bit. You don't need to. You don't need to. Um, I don't know. Entertain all the people with ADHD. Like it's th- there's only 15 seconds or 20 seconds in between plays. Let people get loud. Let the band play. Don't stop them because you got to play 38 special or jaw rule. That's all. That's all I'm saying. So it's not the music itself because, again, the musical choices were kind of unique. They went from Pearl Jam. Uh, they might have thrown in some Nickelback for Ira. Um, they, they, you know, they had hip hop, modern, and, um, you know, retro. So they had a, the, it was eclectic. It's not just the, I didn't appreciate the music. Some of the music I liked, it's just, why are you doing it? Who are you doing this for? And stop it. Corey Clark now on 27 of 50 states' ballots for presidency. So <laughs> That's right. uh, let your voice be heard, everybody. Let well, your it's voice. the stuff that matters, right, Aslan? Yeah. It's the stuff that matters. Tuesdays, we'll try to spice it up, maybe throw interviews in here when we can. We try to have one scheduled. Didn't work out, so we'll focus on what we do know what we do have here, and that is uh, the discussions at Monday's press conference, the Monday presser, as mm. some might dub it. Spoke to Mike Norvell and all the coordinators. Uh, good discussion, 20 minutes, yeah. 20 good minutes with Coach Norvell. Uh, wanted to talk about the question you asked him, Corey. I'm going to go ahead and cue it up and let the people that maybe don't dive into our YouTube channel fervently and listen to everything that we do uh, hear the exchange that you had with Coach Norvell. Uh, great question, good answer, very revealing. Uh, we'll let you and Coach take over now. I know the answer to this is probably no, but I'm going to ask it anyway. No. Um, do you allow yourself to embrace what this program has become considering where it was two years ago 18 months ago when we were when we were in here interviewing you after games and before games number three team in the country real championship aspirations do you allow yourself to appreciate uh, how far it's climbed appreciate or embrace real quick or do you wish you would have picked one road there instead of saying both to that answer no, because I liked it because he, he answered both. Okay, okay. So it actually ended up working. Uh, I, I, and by the way, I want people to know that uh, I don't know why I was talking that soft. We were not in a church. Uh, I don't understand why why I talked like that. I, I just I, – I don't I, – You're tapping into the heard, feels. You're tapping into the feels, man. It was, yeah, that's right. I was trying to bring it way down like a Barbara Walters interview. It wasn't that. Oprah. I, I don't Remember, know. Kenny, Kenny called you Oprah, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Every day uh, yeah. after that. Um yeah, yeah, I don't know why I talked like that, but no, I, I do like that, uh, that that I uh, that I went to appreciate too because I think that took him down a road that I was wanting him to go anyway. All right, let's let him complete his thoughts. Both take both, take both. both. I, I mean, uh, yes, there is a uh, there is an appreciation for where we've come, 
because I watch our players work. I watch what they put into it. I see how hard our coaches coach. I see, you know, the 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 program-wide investment to see guys, you know, believe, get better, and then you know, obviously respond to the situations that we've that we have found ourselves in. So I appreciate that. Um, embrace, man. There's no there's no difference in how I approach. Well, oh, well, somebody says that we're highly rated or highly ranked, whatever you you know, it, or not. None of that matters. It, it's about what we are willing to do when we show up and when we go to work. Um, I believe in this team. I believe in this team, you know, for what they've been through. I believe in, in this team for the guys uh, that have said yes to come be a part of it and the challenge that are presented to them, um, you know, when they were making that choice. To me, you know, we didn't play a perfect game. You know, we had a big victory, and I mean, that was great. But it was more, you know, to see the, the approach, to see our guys work throughout the course of the week. And there were some moments where it was up and down. Um, you know, I think I talked about that a little bit on Wednesday. Uh, but, you know, watching them on Friday, seeing the, the, the GPS data, like that was the most, ex most explosive moments we had in a practice right since we since we've been here in a game week and to do that on a short week like that shows you intent and like I can I respect that from our players and so the new expectation right needs to be better than that yeah man so I like that and then I also saw that Steve Sarkeesian who's coming off a big win over Alabama was said that his team is confident and the worst thing he could do right now is beat them down to try to keep them focused so I, I, I like the fact that both these coaches, specifically obviously Mike Norvell here, seem to be, you know, basking in some of the success, not getting complacent, but letting them enjoy the moment because obviously of the journey right now. They deserve it. Uh, yeah, yes. And I that the info about the Friday practice I thought was interesting. That's that's surprising um, that, that they would have, you know, some of the highest GPS data they've had in four years yeah. uh, was that week and that game. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, what what the reason I asked that question um, is that it felt like to me, and I know you weren't here at the time. It felt like we had uh, we had taken a time machine back to thirteen and fourteen, where Jimbo would come in after a big win, and we just ask him specifics about this play or that play, and how good was it to see I don't know EJ Levenberry on the field or or, or somebody like that, uh, you know, get some reps or Kermit get some time in the backfield, whatever we were asking him about, as long and also the Jameis questions about how awesome he was and everything, but it was it was matter of fact like ho hum. Yep, you beat that team 59-3. to Let's diagnose it. Let's look ahead a little bit to next week. Talk about what you're seeing out of these young guys. And I just felt like we, we've, we've, uh, we've kind of – we've skipped a step or something. Where now all of a sudden – like so like the first five – and they weren't bad questions. They were questions I, would, I was interested in. But it's like we've, we've all of a sudden skipped to a step where nobody's looking around and going, this is the damn number three team in the country we're, we're, we're talking about here. Like, this is crazy. Not that Florida State is number three in the country, just from where it came from. And I kind of wanted to get his sense of if he appreciates that, like appreciates how bad they were. I'm sure he appreciates that. And now how good they are. And let's let's enjoy that for half a second before we start talking about uh, backup wide receivers and Johnny Wilson drops. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I think I'm not speaking for the – the writ at large out there because I don't know how, you know, dialed in they are into asking these good questions or whatever. But I just feel like that was something that maybe Mike wouldn't want to entertain. But I think coming from you, since you guys have rapport, you know, yeah. it was definitely worth asking. And I think it was very, it was the most revealing thing that was said in the entire day. 
and I think he knows it comes from a good place. Like, I'm yes. genuinely interested yeah. in that. I'm not trying to have a gotcha moment. Not that you could really have a gotcha moment for something like that. I'm not trying to have another viral moment like after the uh, after the Louisville game a couple years ago. I was genuinely interested in, like, his, and to see if he'd really give me a thought. That's why I prefaced it by saying, you're probably not going to answer this. But uh, I just wanted to see what he'd say to if he could appreciate and enjoy and embrace where his team, I, I should have used the word enjoy instead of embrace. That was my, that was my problem there. If I could go back and redo it, folks, but we can't, we can't live our lives like that. But yeah, I do hope that, uh, because look, they do work hard, man. We watch it. We, we saw those practices after LSU. It was the same. It practices hard. It's fun to be a Florida state football player when you're two and zero, rate number three in the country. But for those two and a half hours, it's not all that fun. They're not having fun. So I wonder, so we know that, we know that for the rest of the year, these practices will not be fun, but are they, are are the coaches and the players like enjoying where they are and enjoying how far they've come? And it's cool to see that uh, he seems to, yeah, he seems to, because we just, when, when these seasons start, we get so lost in the minutia that we don't take like a a bird's eye view, a a thousand feet in the air view of where, what we're actually looking at. And so I thought, you know, two games in after a 66 to 13 win um, with real con- like not concerns, but with real, um, you know, it, it, they weren't perfect, real imperfections in a game where they won by 53 points. That's just uh, it's a crazy time we're living in. I, I promise I won't do this every week when they be if they beat Virginia Tech to go five and oh, I'm not going to be on here saying, guys, remember two years ago when they lost to Jacksonville State? Now they're five and oh. They're number two. Can you believe it? I will stop doing this, I promise. But I haven't gotten quite there yet because I really do want to enjoy it. I don't want to just race full speed ahead into hand-wringing about whether they, uh, whether that player can, has to get better for them to win a national championship. I'm just really, really genuinely grateful that we are covering and watching the number three team in the country right now in a deserved number three team in the country. Plus the timing, I guess, right? The uh, the biennial uh, commemoration of the Jacksonville State debacle, I guess. So, Correct. Is that is that a word? What'd you say? The bi- biennial? Biennial? Is that a word? I don't know if that means. It's like bi-weekly. Does that mean twice a week or once every two bi-weekly, weeks? Bi-weekly is twice a week. Bi-monthly is once every two weeks. Okay. Um, so I don't know if bi- biennial is twice a year or every two years. That's a great question, Aslan. Guys, look it up. Uh, Aslan, give them your uh, email address, and you can uh, find him on Twitter. Biennial. Uh, two years. So two a two-year anniversary is a biennial? Correct. Yeah. So then there's obviously a triennial? Possibly. All right. Okay. I don't know. English language is funny sometimes, right? It is. Yeah. Triennial. Consisting or lasting of three years. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. So we're doing it. We're. I like that we educate, too. We try. We don't okay. just entertain and inform. We educate. That's what this show is all about. VitaminEnergy.com, promo code WarchampBogo. That's WarChamp B-O-G-O. Buy one, get one free. I was dragging the other day, Corey. Just mm. dragging, man. This I don't know how Corey, Ira's done it for so long. I don't know how you've done it for so long. I don't know how Ira's done it for so long. He's our, our, our do everything, go everywhere. He'll be on a, on a jet airplane to Boston. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm still dragging from being up till like, 4 in the morning in Orlando and then having to cover the game. I'm like, I'm like hey, self, idiot, idiot, you've got vitamin energy all over your house. Yeah. Shake yeah. it, take it. Shook it, took it, went to the gym. Now I'm saying I'm busting out PRs, but that was the best Monday workout I've had probably in months. Okay. Um, then what I'm we like, go with what do we go with real quick as part fo- of this vitamin energy ring. Focus plus Brief. the mango. Um, okay. Not a big mango guy. Actually, I had it in the fridge, so I think I actually like it at room temperature more than I do chilled. 
that okay. particular flavor. Uh, but then I got home from the gym, and I'm like, man, uh, tomorrow, today, Tuesday, is like my bulk trash pickup day. So I'm like, I've got all these weeds, all these leftover branches from Idalia that knocked over. them. I'm like, let me start picking all this stuff up. So I'm like, I'm going to start doing all that as well. All of it done. Knocked out some grocery shopping in, the, in, in between all that. Felt great. Felt great. Um, and I only took half the bottle. So mm. I got 130 milligrams of all-natural caffeine, not the 260 that's in there. And obviously, I got no sugar, so I had no sugar crash. I was able to cruise throughout the rest of my day like a champion, or at least a guy that's covering a team that's champion-like. So right. you go to vitaminergy.com, everybody, and use that promo code WordChampBOGO. It's B-O-G-O, to buy one and get one free. Vitaminergy.com. Shake it and take it. Before we get back to the uh, the Florida State coaches, because uh, I, I did think there was some interesting stuff there, talking about Deuce and Williamson. Atkins is always really interesting talking just football. Him and Fuller both mm. just talking about football are, are really interesting. Um, what Fuller said about Blake Nicholson was really funny. Um, but uh, did you watch any of the Jeff Halfley interview from Monday? No, I, I, I was meaning to do it, but go ahead and let us uh, give us the summary. I, so I think we have – I'm going to need we'll, – we'll, Maybe we'll play it for tomorrow's show or for, yeah, for, for the Wednesday show uh, to get a jury ruling on it. Uh, but I, I think we have for the second week in a row somebody saying that this Florida State team is the best he's ever seen. Hey, give me a minute, Corey. I'll, I'll, I'll cue it up for our people. Let me cue it okay. up for everybody. All right. Look at that on the clock. Talk about just step up in class now and just cleaning up. Yeah. Um, Florida yeah, Florida State, obviously. What are they, three right now? Uh, certainly could be one or, one or two, depends on who you ask. Um, I think the biggest thing, one, Coach Norvell does does a good job. I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, I think he's a good person and he's a good football coach. Um, they, they're, they're as deep as they've been. Um, if you look at their D-line, their D-ends, I mean, you know, they've got four guys who can go interior. they got four guys that can go. Um, they're deep. They're deep at wide receiver, as deep as they've been. Every time you turn on the film, there's a new guy who looks just as big and just as fast. They got depth at running back. Um, their old line returns most of their players, and then the quarterback. He's just gotten better and better. I mean, it's it's a great football team, one of the best in the country, maybe the best, maybe the best team that I've seen um, in a long time. All right, we're back, Corey C. So, yep. People want us to, I guess, to embrace this more. Um, again, I just think that if you – I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you watched all the practices that we watched in 2013, I think you would you would feel what you feel now. So, like, why not just let it rip, man? Especially, again, with the schedule that they have. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it, you know, again, it's all uh, – it, it all comes back to health. But if this team stays healthy, I, I just – I know the game was three days ago now at this point. But not playing all that well offensively, Playing a, literally 104 players is what Norvell said they 102, played. 102, I thought. 102, 102. sorry, 102. 102, once you get past 100, I, I can make up a number. Um, playing that many players, the offense kind of sputtering uh, in the first half, still putting up 31 points, and then obviously 66 for the game. This Again, they might be the best team in the country. Doesn't mean they're going to win a championship, clearly. There have been plenty of times Florida State fans obviously know. There have been plenty of times where the best team in the country did not win a championship, but they might be the best team in the country. And again, it comes back to the the depth and the experience, because there are teams that probably have more NFL talent than Florida State. The one in Orlando, 
might end up, when it's all said and done, having more NFL players on that roster than Florida State does. But they don't have as many four-year and five-year guys. Like, I don't know if Jarian Jones is going to play in the NFL. I don't know if Greedy Vance is going to play in the NFL. I don't know if Fintrell Cypress is going to play in the NFL. Well, they're all good college football players. Same with the odd offensive line. Jeremiah Byers, he going to be in the league for 10 years? I don't know. Doesn't really matter for our purposes here in 2023. Same with Roddick. Those guys have played 40 games of college football. They're huge dudes. And to go along with Maurice, if you hope he gets back, Robert Scott, hopefully when he gets back, Darius, all these other experienced guys, it's just there's never been a team quite like this um, from a Florida State perspective where you have you have stars, clearly. You have big-time stars. But you also just have all everywhere else is legitimately good college football players in a lot of them. So, again, doesn't mean they're going to win all their games. Doesn't mean they're going to win a championship. But uh, you are going – it's going to have to be a crazy, crazy game or you're going to have to play exceptional to beat this team uh, if they stay healthy. And I think we're hearing that, right? Like, I've been doing this long enough, Aslan. This is the kind of stuff that you heard opposing coaches say in 13 and in 14. Like, this team is incredible. This is the be- – that's two weeks in a row the opposing coaches said something to the effect of – this, this is the best team in the country, or this is one of the best teams I've ever seen. Yeah. That's two weeks in a row, and it won't be the last if they keep playing well. So just thought that was interesting. I, I look, that should be, should be the end of the podcast right there. Um, I, I really don't know how else to, to really transition from that, but it just again, it just it is the depth, but it's the top-line talent that they have. Uh, yeah. And the fact that, again, that they, they've, they've sputtered throughout the course of these two games, yet won them going away. I mean, I like the fact that he pointed out the game against LSU. Like, yeah, you know, like they've, you know, LSU muffed the punt, and they, you know, they, but they couldn't score in the red zone. But it doesn't matter because, like, you let that, you let this team hang around. They're gonna, they're gonna find ways to pummel you, and that's ended yeah. up what they did to LSU. So, uh, I do want to kind of use this weekend. I guess I'll, I'll watch a Georgia game closely because everybody else, Michigan's playing Bowling Green, Ohio State's playing Western Kentucky. Um, I'm going to go ahead and look ahead, everybody. I'm going, to, I'm going to start really trying to spend as much time as I can when Florida State's not playing or when their window of broadcast is over, watching some of these other teams to really get a feel for it because, you know, right now Georgia's all, at least in my eyes, I mean, they're all reputation-based in terms of the respect I give them. It's it's wholly earned, but I haven't seen them play any football this year. I don't know how they look with their new quarterback. Um, I know they still got Brock Bowers, and I you know they lost a lot of guys on their defense, but it's still Kirby. Um, right. Ohio State's still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. I, mean, I think they've made their pick, but the guy hasn't looked nearly as flawless as they hoped. And then Michigan's playing Bowling Green. Let me, I don't see if they can maybe put the hammer down on a team, but I am, I am at the point now where I'm, I am so curious to see what these other teams that are ranked ahead of Florida State right now look like because I've, I've seen Florida State play two games now. I've seen them practice 30 times or whatever. Uh, now it's time for me to kind of size up who's ahead of them and, and figure out like how the matchup would look because – I don't know, man. I'm I'm not going to play the injury game. I'm not taking injuries for granted either, Corey. But you know, every team can say that. If Brock Bowers yeah. goes down, George's in trouble. If you know JJ McCarthy goes down, Michigan's in trouble. So I'm, I'm not not that you're no. But that, the but. the thought being, if if all these teams across the country stay relatively injury free, yeah. I mean, I think I think Florida State's probably the best team. And I know you wouldn't have thought I would say that two weeks ago, but two weeks ago they hadn't beaten the brakes off LSU, and then in a short week pummeled a bowl team by 53 points. Uh, this is abnormal stuff. Now, there are tests left. One is a road game and a sleepy nooner at that. Nah. That's the, the road games are tests, and that's two in a row you got coming up. Now, obviously, Death Valley won't be sleepy, but that is a noon game. 
and you've got a noon game at Boston College. So you've got like you I thought that was an apt comparison. You said uh, in yesterday's show, it's like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Um, so you go up there and you take care of business against Boston College. And then, man, I, I, I am as long as you get through there. I'm really looking forward to that Clemson game. I just want to see how this team responds because there's a part of you. Obviously, there's a chance they could lose to Clemson. I I don't think they'll they won't be, be more than a. I'd be so shocked. I know you would. I would not be shocked. I would be very disappointed unless craziness ensued and there was a reason for the loss, like just just ridiculously bad luck. I would be very disappointed. But they'll probably be. I would think. Depending on what happens in Boston, if they take care of Boston College comfortably, they're probably going to be like a five or six point favorite in that game. So that meaning, nobody is going to expect Florida State to go in there win by 28 points in Clemson. That that 2013 probably won't happen. I do want to see how they respond to that moment, though. They've responded to the big stage in Orlando. They passed the test about a short week against a capable team in Southern Miss. They've got another test coming up with Boston College on the road. Maybe horrible weather, depending on what that hurricane does out there. We'll see how they do with that test. And another test is playing a rival that you haven't beaten forever. There are expectations and weight that come on that. How will they handle that? And then I think after that, I, I don't know that there's a – I mean, there obviously there's a – Miami might be a test. At Pitt will be a test. But I think Clemson is the biggest test left because of who it is and where it is and what it says about your team if you go out there and play well in Death Valley. You will be most people's pick to be a playoff team, and I'm telling you right now, like they, you know, it's two weeks in, so they show these on Twitter. You see all these matchups of like if the season ended today, who would Florida State play today? If they're the three, they'd play Michigan. Yeah. 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 You no worries. No. No worries. Like you could lose to Michigan because Michigan's good, yeah. but you are not scared about anybody in this country. You are not scared to play anybody in this country as your team is currently constructed. For heaven's sakes. Jaheim Bell didn't do anything in that last game, and he's awesome. Johnny you know Wilson, I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Johnny, and that, so that so that was another interesting part. If we want to go back to the uh, uh, Norvell talking about Johnny Wilson, yeah. um, I thought that was interesting too. He said, "Look, he's got to get better." He talked about Johnny in a way that usually I don't know. You you, I, you guys go watch it and see how he answered that question. It, it felt like a challenge to me. He praised Johnny Wilson's work ethic, says he works really hard, he's a great teammate, but he also, the first thing he said was he's got to get better. Yep. Got to go get better. Yep. And, you know, the fact that he was catching the ball, but then the ground was knocking it out, he still seemed a little perturbed with him. And I think the thinking there, man, is there's buttons to push. You don't know when to push, when to let up. I get it. That's part of coaching. But this kid is the reason you can go win a national championship. And you've got to keep him... You've got to keep him playing at a high level. If he plays at a high level, he can go beat Georgia. He can go beat Clemson yeah. if Keon twists an ankle. They can't cover him. He is unguardable. It's just he's he's breaking up passes himself. He leads the team in PBUs. So <laughs> if if he if he could just reach his the ceiling, they can't cover him. And it's such a luxury to have a guy like that. So I, he's he's such a key factor to this team, man. And uh, if they, if they get him right, like right right, where he's ca- he's dropping one ball every two games, but catching eight for two hundred, this is uh, this is an unstoppable offense, unstoppable. Because again, we we keep thinking about that sputtering in the first half, and there was some sputtering there. 
Well, there were three passes that Johnny catches that didn't. That, that Those are balls he's supposed to catch and usually does and didn't that put you behind the chains on those drives. So get him right. You know what you got, number four. These receiver, these other receivers are coming along. The, uh, the offense is, uh, dare I say, hasn't even reached its ceiling yet. Maybe not even close to an efficiency no, standpoint. And they're so. averaging uh, 55 and a half points per game. And defensively, too, I still think we need to see more out of Jared Verse, and I think we will. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not hitting their ceiling either. So it's, Isn't it's, that scary? Isn't that what yes. makes this thing whole so scary? Is that Verse and Peyton don't have a sack yet between them. Again, they played 20 snaps on Saturday night, so not a lot of at-bats there. But And they are impacting the game, but they, they don't have a sack yet. Fabian Lovett's been, you know, sparingly played, used. I, I think he's played uh, 30 snaps total in two games. Uh, Dennis Briggs, as Adam Fuller said on Monday, has been their most impactful defensive lineman. Dennis Briggs, who going into the season you would have thought is number seven or eight as far as impactful defensive lineman. Maybe lower than that. I don't know. Um, Briggs Briggs was 32nd on our preseason top 40. Okay, but he made it. You know what I you know yeah. what I'm saying, guys? He made it. I have a twenty ninth, everybody. I'm at twenty ninth. There you go. You you might have had him the highest. Yeah. Tom had him at twenty eighth. Oh, okay. Been, so you been. and Tom are the smart ones. Uh Fisk Fisk obviously makes an impact, and those guys aren't gonna have huge numbers because that's not really the role on a defense. But he hasn't had one of those moments yet either. And the defense has been awesome since the fifth drive of the LSU game. So again, it's just kind of you start looking at it and what this team could be. Because this isn't fluky. Even going back no. to last year when they started beating the breaks off teams, that's not fluky to do that. You know, that th- this is just a I want to. I'm not going to say perfectly constructed, almost perfectly constructed, 2023 football team because you've got real NFL talent with gobs of experience to go along with it. It's just. It's so old. It's good. They're mature. Uh, it's just it's a it's a really unique collection uh, of football players on this roster. So, yeah, you know, obviously, guys, if you listen to me a month ago, I was not this high on this team. I was very high on it, but I wasn't talking like this. But, you know, the way they played these first two weeks and the way the rest of the country has looked. I think at least through two weeks, we'll see how I feel after Chestnut Hill, everyone. I'm not trying to jinx anything because they got a quarterback that can run around. Um but Come on, man. They, they, barely like, beat, they didn't even cover against Holy Cross, man. They look like the best team in the country. Did you know how they won, they won that game? Is Holy Cross was driving to go score to win the game, and they fumbled. Oh. It like the uh, They were like the BC 35 with 50 seconds left, down by three. So they were almost already in field goal range, and the quarterback fumbled, and uh, Boston College recovered. Yeah. Back to Johnny, do you think there's anything to his health? I mean, we're never going to really get a It sounded like Norvell answer. hinted at it, right? He did, Because yes. he talked about Akeem Dent came out. And couldn't he return. Talked about, and then yeah, Johnny and then also exited. But he also return. talked about Robert Scott and Maurice Smith not playing. And then yeah, but he said about that, he said about Akeem and Johnny like they both left the game and could not return. He, yeah, not something they, like that. But I yeah. thought he mentioned it in the context of also Robert Scott and Maurice Smith not playing or trying to get them back. Hmm. And then he said, obviously, Johnny. So, yeah, he, he might have tweaked something or hurt something on that. La- he grimaced when he got up on that last catch that he didn't make. Um, so he might have – he might have – he was grimacing, but he, like Ira said in the on the sideline, he seemed like he was in pretty good spirits when he when he showed up on the sideline. Um, so yeah, I think, and also the way the game was going, and quite frankly, the way he was playing, there was no need to run him back out there. But there is going to be a need in Death Valley to run him out there. Uh, you're going to need him. 
Uh, he is a uh, get-out-of-jail-free card. He is a guy that you just can't defend. Third and 12, you can throw it up to that dude. He'll pretty good chance he'll come down with it. So they need him for the big games later in the year. So you hope you hope if it is an injury, number one, we couldn't talk about it. Uh, well, we can talk about what we see on the field in a game. Yeah. But if we see something later this week, obviously we can't talk about it publicly. But uh, you just hope he's right for the games that uh, truly matter. And you absolutely hope this game on Saturday you will not – you don't need Johnny Wilson to be a Superman to go win this game. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll have a, a certain we'll have code language, or maybe we just won't talk about him. And maybe that'll be the hint to everybody if we're not talking about a guy mm. uh, that he's not available possibly. But I don't think it's the case with him. I'm I'm more concerned about Akeem. But again, man, like you know, Mike is so forthcoming when you ask him questions along the lines of what you asked him. But he just he's never going to be forthcoming when it comes to talking about injuries, and that's fine. That's just that's his thing. I mean, like, listen, I just think about – I think about the way he would talk about Winston Wright last year. We're all like, oh, is he, is he maybe close? And then it was like – Right. And then Winston Wright's like, yeah, man, like, I, I, we pretty much talked in October and decided to shut it down. And we're like in November, like, hey, can we see this guy? He's, you know, doing all right. Yeah. So I don't think we'll get to really a, a clear picture on Akeem, but – I do think the fact that he brought up Kentron, though, made it sound like he might be close. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I he, people he brought up about Kentron. Kentron and, I love Kentron, but I, I, that doesn't mean. But we didn't even ask about right him. He just, right. he just brought him up. Yeah. Well, I think to, look, to, to, to detract from us talking about the other stuff, I think that's his way. Of oh, maybe, it. but I, I do think that I, I do think that Kentron, if he gets back, man, to what he was in the spring, because Keon wasn't here in the spring. Kentron was probably their best receiver in the spring. Um, and yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, he's better than Deuce right now. Deuce has probably more upside because he's six five and can run like a deer, but uh, and can throw like uh, Johnny Unitas. But, uh, you know, I think I think Portier's a good player, man. And that that is another body to throw into that mix where they got, uh, you know, they, the way Hakeem is coming along. Um, they've got they've got a ton of weapons out there, uh, which is good because you hopefully you don't need. Again, Keon had to do what Keon had to do against LSU. Yeah. Those are plays that nobody else on the team makes. And obviously the way he leapt over that kill in Southern Miss, that was a big play, by the way. I forgot that was like a third and 15 play. Hmm. Uh, when the game was still kind of close and uh, for him to shake the first guy and then uh, leap the set, you know, that was obviously a big play. They scored uh, two plays later, but, um, but, but maybe the next play, but I, you know, there Keon does things that nobody else can do, but Portier is Portier's a good college football player. And he was ahead of these guys, the guys that you're seeing in second string now, Darian and, and Deuce, uh, he was ahead of them for a reason. He's better than them. So if he can be healthy and get a hundred percent healthy, well, that's another weapon because I do like Williamson and Span. Those guys have been nice. They they had nice games. They're they're actually going to be contributors on this football team. But just imagine how good this offense has been, and then you might be adding your third best receiver. Yeah, I, I take it. I, I wasn't meaning to slight Kentron. I just think that right now, like Keon and Johnny, even despite Johnny's struggles here, I still think are so much ahead of everybody else behind them that like I'm I'm not too concerned about like depth at that spot right now but sure. it certainly wouldn't hurt and then to your point you're right man like we felt really good about Kentron coming out of spring uh, you know he gets banged up or whatever he's been dealing with here so we haven't seen him and who knows maybe that lights a fire under Johnny or if Johnny cannot be trusted then maybe Kentron can can step in there and it's a good option right like absolutely. if Johnny just yeah. if uh if whether it's an injury that sidelines him for a good bit or uh you know hopefully he doesn't get the yips um but if something like that happens you've got pretty pretty stout replacements ready to go none of them are johnny but they can still go make plays in college football games 
Uh, over at mybookie.ag, you can uh, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. You can bet on college football games. Uh, there's lines for all of them. Florida State favored by 26 points. Uh, the total, 49. So, I don't know. Figure the math on that. What's that? They think it's like a uh, 30. Be 34 to 12? Yeah, I don't know. Thirty. What would that be? 35, yeah. 40 to 7? 40 to 7 is the final score? Well, that's a 33-point spread. So, you said it was 49? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it's it's it is thirty three, but then it's like maybe Boston College Boston College scores a touchdown, then they you know they cover and it's back door. So you know they got to leave themselves a little bit of wiggle room. Sure, uh, sure. But yeah, forty nine total points. I just can't you're looking imagine. at like thirty eight to eleven, thirty eight to ten. No way. No, that's what they're predicting. I know, but like yeah. no way. Uh, I, mean, I think they worry about the rain. The weather might ha- might have that thing lower than normal. Yeah, like if it's really windy, because there's a category five. 100 miles off the coast. Um, they're worried maybe about the wind there or rain or something, and that might uh, – well, yeah, that'll make it harder to go score probably. Uh, the dogs handing out 27-and-a-half between the hedges against South Carolina. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Duke handing out 18-and-a-half to Northwestern in Durham. Okay. Bama catching – Oh, I think Duke, Duke will that's – that to me seems like an easy cover. Northwestern is not very good. I know it's Duke, but that seems like an easy cover to me. Duke's got a really good defense, man. Yeah, Bama at South Florida, 32-point spread on that one. So lots of interesting situations out there. Uh, you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Over, at, I'm not going to talk about the Colorado game, everybody. There you go. You happy? Nice. Uh, go to mybookie.ag where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Last thing, Cor, on the way out, just uh, you know, health-wise, obviously we talked about the team that's vital uh, you know they're they're having to tap into some of their depth right now at offensive line. Yeah. If somebody else goes down, then maybe this, at that point you start you know seeing a degradation of, of talent and, and performance. I don't. They're not that point yet. Other than Jordan Travis right now, do you think Keon Coleman is the second most irreplaceable player on the team, or is it still Jared Verse? Ooh. I'm no, I'm at the point where I think I don't want to lose either of those guys. Yeah, I, was I, I think say. by the time we're in November, Jared's probably have caught up and surpassed Keon, but right now. I feel like, man, I, we cannot lose Keon right now. I mean, I don't even like talking this into – I don't even like talking about this. Oh, that, as long. Okay, who's but more, I would say – no, more? I mean, I just don't want to speak into existence. Yeah, but no. I think um, that's really hard, man. That's really – I think this offense would be just fine. Not It would be just fine without Keon. It would still be a very good offense. Um, it would not be next level like it might be. But it would still be good enough. I don't know if this defense without Jared Burse – would be good enough at impacting the quarterback against good teams. Fair. Um, so Fair. that's why I would say Jared Verse is still I, – I still think would take Jared Verse over Keon. Um, but Keon is uh, – He's just, a dog. Uh, he, is, he is an absolute dog. He's a dog dog. Uh, he's a hunting dog. He's all kinds of dog. Uh, he's uh, – yeah, man, I, he's, he's unlike any receiver they've had here in a long, long time. But I think Verse is like – just as uh, indispensable, let's say, on the other side. All right. So two night games to start the season, 730 yeah. in Orlando and then 840, obviously, last weekend. They go noon, Boston College, on the noon road. Clemson. Noon, Clemson. That's their fault, not ours, everybody. And then Colorado plays Oregon at 330, and then I think, what, 730 is – Notre Dame at Ohio State or vice versa? Is it, is yeah, it yeah I would have thought – I don't know what ESPN's going to put at the 8 o'clock window. Um, but, yeah, I would have thought Florida State-Clemson might be 8 o'clock because the 
the the other there's three marquee games that weekend. It's Florida and maybe Florida State Clemson doesn't count because Clemson's not ranked, but it, it counts. It's Florida State Clemson. It's a huge deal. People want to see if Florida State is for real. That's that environment. It's people are going to be watching uh, or interested. So the games are obviously like Aslan said, Ohio State Notre Dame. That's two top ten teams. The other one is I think Colorado is at Oregon. Correct. And that's at three thirty. So that's a three thirty game. Ohio State Notre Dame is a 7:45 game or 7:40 game on NBC. I would have thought that ABC ESPN might have put Florida State Clemson to battle that, but I think they must want it as a standalone, where they don't have to compete with Ohio State Notre Dame viewership. Yeah. So that's why they put it at noon, which is fine. Uh, it's just getting into that stadium, getting into that town for a noon game, folks. If you're going, give yourself plenty of time. Because normally, if it's an eight o'clock game, which they've been, it's either three thirty or eight forever. I don't was know it, the last. Was it noon and fifteen? No, that was three thirty. The only noon game I remember was uh, I, Weatherford in 06, maybe, or oh eight, oh five. Whenever they went up there and got beat pretty badly by by uh, Tommy, uh, I that that felt like a noon. I think that was a noon game, and I remember I got there after kickoff. I went as a fan with my dad, and we got there after kickoff because we could not get into the the town so you're basing this all on one anecdotal story no but it's a good way it makes sense when you think about it because that's a great place to tailgate they love to tailgate not many people are tailgating for a noon game so if it's an eight o'clock game you've got tailgaters coming in throughout the day aslan 2005 was noon by the way 2005 was a noon game. i did it folks so uh i could tell you the start times of every florida state clemson (laughs) game aslan since they joined the conference you want to do that um so, uh, so no, so uh, if it's an 8 o'clock game, you've got tailgaters, you've got people going to the game that get there at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., noon, 2, 4. So it's spread out. A noon game, everybody's on the road at 9.30 in the morning. Mm, good and point. it just makes it really tough to get in there. So prepare accordingly, folks, if you're going. And luckily, you're allowed to rush the field whether Florida State wins or lose because that's how they roll it at Clemson. Hey, before we go, though, uh, and by the way, do you think that's good or bad to play them at noon? I think it's a, it's a, it's fantastic because I was trying to say, like, your, your first two games were night games. Yeah. And then these next two, you're on the road at Boston College at noon. You're on the road Clemson noon. Like, you have that muscle memory. You're yep. synced up. And, yeah, man, I, I'm not going to call it a sleepy noon game because it's Death Valley after all. But yeah, not that I would be scared to play them at night. But no, I th- I think it's it, the schedule is getting it was awesome to start with, and it's getting even better with these kickoff times for a road game that, and especially in that place, because if any of y'all have been to that place, it does get incredibly loud, and it gets incredibly loud whether it's a noon game or an eight p.m. game if yeah. they're playing well. But obviously, you guys know you're college football fans. It's a different energy for a noon game than it is 7:30 or eight or even 3:30 when it gets to be you know those 3:30 games where by the fourth quarter it's dark. And it's it's energetic and yeah. it's all juiced up and lubed up. Mm. You you don't get that for a noon game. Um, but that doesn't mean obviously it doesn't mean they're just going to walk in there and win. Are they going to be quiet? It's not going to be a library, but it is going to be um, you know the 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 lowest volume that you could expect from a Clemson crowd trying to upset the number three team in the country. They have not been in this position as a home underdog to Florida State in a good long while, and they would love nothing more than to knock Florida State off this magical run they think they're about to have. So it'll be an engaged crowd, but it won't be a nighttime crowd. We And we all know what that means. It's 10 hours less of drinking and hooting and hollering. Um, so, yeah, so that's that, that actually – Florida State couldn't have asked for anything better when it comes to that for sure. Yeah.
Was there one thing you want to ask on the way oh, out? Oh, yeah, but on the way out, I, the Adam Fuller thing I thought was uh, really intriguing. He talked about Blake Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot about the starters, and, well, actually, we don't. Tatum Bethune and Kalen Deloach have been pretty darn good to start the year. But the whole starting unit has been good, like I said, since the fifth drive against LSU. But when you talk about these programs again, man, I think that's why Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins were so quick to bring up Vandravius Jacobs and Hakeem Williams. And Adam Fuller brought up Blake Nicholson. I, maybe he was asked about him. But, um, you know, Nicholson is a true freshman who came in basically as a, a high school running back. He played linebacker, but he was an offensive skill player. And Fuller said that there hasn't been more, a more improved linebacker on the team in the last month than him since they got back from Jacksonville. And he said because they there were a couple of practices early on when Nicholson came over to him and asked him a question. And he, w- and he gave him the answer and then walked away and goes, oh, boy, we got a long way to go. Well, I remember the first few practices watching him, period. I'm like, all right, like maybe at some point, but not now. He didn't look like he belonged in the three or four deep. Yeah. Like it, it, he wasn't making plays, number one, but he didn't look big. Uh, he looked a little too small, a little too slight to, for that position. I think he's, he's, he's continually added some weight. He's bigger. He looks like a real linebacker now. And you saw that athleticism on that play where he almost picked off the pass and he led the team in tackles. And again, that goes back to, there's a lot of dudes leaving next year, gang. It is an exodus. There are, I, I don't even know how many of the two, I don't even want to look at it. A ton of the two deep is leaving next year. And that's why these games, these Southern Miss games, hopefully you hope Boston College can turn into this a little bit, where you get to play these young guys a lot. Because Conrad Hussey is going to matter next year. Uh, Edwin Joseph is going to matter next year. And Blake Nicholson is absolutely going to matter next year. So get them the reps when you can, and that's how they grow. That's how they get better. You give them these opportunities. So when Ireland rolls along next year, let's say Nicholson is starting and Conrad Hussey is starting, well, maybe they've played 100 snaps already in their college careers. That was one of the secret sauces in the 90s, man, is that Florida State was so much better than everybody else that all those true freshmen and redshirt freshmen that were not a part of game winning, they weren't on the two deep, they got a ton of experience. So by the time it was their turn to play football at a, at a high level in meaningful plays, they had played a bunch of football. They weren't just thrown out there like, Darius and Maurice and Robert Scott were three years ago. They got time to learn and to play and to look at film and get better. Um, so, yeah, I just think that's something that I want to track as this season goes on. If they continue to win games, that's obviously great. That's what you want. It lets your best players rest, but it also gets these young players so much experience, and that's invaluable as you're trying to sustain what is now, Aslan, a top three program in the United States. And 13 had that same luxury, but I, I- – feel like the freshmen they have now seem to be it, more right. ready. That's a, yeah, that's a good know, point, the, Aslan. What was the, so who were the guys in 13? I was trying to think. Like I, I, um, I think it was like the EJ Levenberries, was it not? You know? Yeah, and it was uh, oh, the, the Jackson kid, the linebacker. Um, I think he ended up becoming an MMA fighter. Oh, that's Reggie um, Northrup. That was the, Northrup. That's who I was yeah. thinking of. I'm sorry. I don't, know, I don't know where Jackson came from. He would get on the field, but like – what what hurt that year to me was there was no uh, backup quarterback. Trickett right. had left. Coker was leaving. So there was no real person that you got real game reps that mattered. So that didn't help. And then, yeah, it's it's odd. Like, who are the 
the wide receivers didn't really take off. There weren't – on that 13 team I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, Kermit they, was a true freshman. We didn't see a lot from him. Uh, Ryan Green was a, the, a running back. He was buried on the depth chart. Yeah, never played really. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I In the defense, I'm sure there were some guys, clearly, but, you know, I, I don't think those guys really – they didn't – they didn't take advantage of every game being over at halftime. Yeah. Like they tried to. I'm not saying Jimbo played his starters too long. Yeah. He didn't. I'm just saying that those backups didn't end, end up materializing into incredible. Many of them didn't end, end up becoming even starters for Florida State, or especially good ones. Right. Uh, really last thing. Uh, it okay. kicked off at 12.03 in 2005. It mm. ended at 3.36 p.m. So a lapse oh. time of three hours, 33 minutes, over under three hours, 33 minutes next Saturday in Death Valley, Corey. Under. What? Under. Hey, you asked me. I mean, I think it's okay. going to be close. I'm taking the over. I think it's going to be close, but I'm I think it'll be over. like 321. What even... was that final? Was that 35-14? Ah, the... Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the great games I remember. You know, those. The... and I think Florida State was up, right? Or tied? Yes. At half, yeah. they they yeah. ripped off 14 consecutive points in the second quarter to tie. Do you know how they scored their touchdown? Was it a block punt? It was. Okay, there we go. There we go. It's all coming back to me. It was on the opposite end of the field. They blocked a punt there. I uh, I do. So they only had one touchdown. So they went for two, right? Correct. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a. Uh, yep, yep. That was a uh, another Jeff Bowden special. That was not the Chicago Bears 85 defense that Clemson had, by the way, either. And they managed one whole touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Chancey Stuckey, James Davis. Mm. Touchdowns, pair of touchdowns each for those guys. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, hey, the, it was 59 degrees and sunny that day. We can only hope. But it was November 12th. That so. was November. I was later in the uh, – that was in the middle of their uh, losing streak to, in that season, yeah. But then they rallied up. And they won Virginia the ACC. Tech, yeah. And won the ACC, baby. Yeah, yeah. so – Look how far we've come, everybody. Look how far um, we have come. Absolutely. Headlines later today, 1 to 3 o'clock, YouTube, War Chant TV, as well as 93.3 FM Terrestrial Radio in Tallahassee. But I'm sure you can find it on one of those radio apps and listen to it that way as well. We'll be out at practice, interviews, footage, all that sort of stuff over on the website. And we probably have a Renegade Express thread up. So get involved in that. That'll probably be part of the Wednesday show, a little bit of the Thursday show. And then your Friday show will be adapted from our Thursday live 6 p.m. show on YouTube. So there is your schedule of Wake Up War Chant for the week. Thanks for being here. Come back. It'll be fun. We promise. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Chant presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.